Hey everyone, welcome to episode 124 of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. I'm your host, Jared Taylor. On today's episode, we have Nicholas Mercadante, the founder and CEO at Pursue Care. Let's not waste any time, let's bring them on. Thanks so much for joining me on the Slice of Healthcare podcast. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? And thanks for having me on. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for uh, for us to chat. Um, how's the, how's everything going so far? Good week. Well, yeah, it's uh, you know everything. Um, I, I, all time blurs together during the uh, pandemic. If if we were, you know, to identify this podcast at a point in time. Uh, I think we've all been in in this together for the past year, so it all just kind of blurs, you know, into one long day. I feel like at this point, um, but I will say that, um, you know, with what we've been doing, we've been able to do a lot of positive work, and um, you know, help more people than ever. So I feel like every uh, day and week that we've been able to, you know, kind of work through things. Um, in this little area of healthcare we're in has been a blessing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I think we should uh, dive right into it. I'd love you could start off by telling the audience a little bit about your background and then we will talk about Pursuit Care. Sure. Absolutely. Um, so hi listeners. My name is Nick Mercadante. Um, I am the CEO and founder of Pursuit Care. Uh, I am a healthcare attorney by trade, or sometimes I say at this point, a reformed attorney. Um, uh, I've been working in behavioral healthcare for the better part of the last decade. Um, got my start sweeping floors at six years old in my father's pharmacies. Um, and uh, my, my father is a 40 plus year veteran of the pharmacy industry. So I learned a lot about healthcare, kind of grew up in a, a family that, um, you know, revolved around really healthcare. My, my mother was a lab technician. So, um, you know, I, I think it was always kind of like the, the all paths lead towards working in healthcare for myself as well. And, and my sister ended up in the same place. Um, and my brother is the only one that I think was, uh, I, don't, I don't know, smart maybe. And, got into art and went in a different direction. Um, but we all ended up working in healthcare. Um, but before, uh, before I started Pursue Care, I um, was uh, first general counsel and chief compliance officer and eventually um, president and COO of MedOptions, which at the time was the largest behavioral health provider in the country uh, in skilled nursing facilities. So we would integrate um, uh, behavioral health care on site uh, at nursing facilities, psychiatry care, um, psychology, mostly for geriatric uh, elderly populations. Um, but we actually pretty frequently would run into, especially in rural areas, we'd run into challenges both with scarcity of availability of behavioral health care uh, and then also a lot of uh, substance use disorder and dependence, even at the nursing home level, which you don't typically kind of equate with that. Um, so that's part of what's got me on this path to, to launching Pursue Care was seeing some of the struggles that, that, that 
uh, would come with trying to get behavioral health and substance use disorder treatment in rural areas uh, and kind of set us on our, our path uh, towards this company. So um, it's a little bit about me from a work standpoint, but aside from that, I'm, you know, I've got a wife and two kids and two dogs. And uh, uh, whenever I do have free time, I play or watch hockey. And that's pretty much uh, what occupies me. Oh, you still play? Yeah, poorly, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I grew up, I, I played hockey my entire life. So I still have to get out there and, and putter around at this point. Nice. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I could never, I, I like watching hockey, but um, I could never figure out how to stop on the skates, which can be very dangerous if you're trying to play <laughs> hockey or just go skating. So um, I used to just slam into the boards yep. every time I wanted to stop. And uh, you only can do that so many times before you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, this hurts. Uh, yeah, this hurts. Um, but uh, yeah, I actually, fun, funny, so I used to always use at the gym, they had like an ice skating simulator, you know, like the machines where it would like, you could actually like decrease oh, the yeah, resistance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. And I used to love doing, and that would strengthen like every part of your leg. Um, but see, I didn't, I could get, I could stop. I could just get off. Um, yeah. That's why I liked it. So it's that, those are a great workout. It's funny. There's a lot of people that um, are in, you know, there's um, like hockey shape and then there's everything else. And a lot of people, even, you know, former hockey players, they might get in the best shape of their lives, but if they haven't been playing hockey for a long time, they get out on the ice uh, within like 30 seconds, they're sucking wind because it's, I think it's, partly it's like the muscles you use and it's that everything is um like a series of sprints all over the ice uh so it's just exhausting so you know through this pandemic um I, they shut everything down we, we couldn't we couldn't play anymore and and so uh, just recently in the past few weeks um myself and some of my buddies finally got out to play and it was pretty pitiful because <laughs> none of us even the ones that had kept in shape uh, we had not been playing, uh, you know, organized hockey and it was, uh, yeah, it was pretty embarrassing. I'll say, um, <laughs> uh, well, let's, uh, so let's just focus here now. So thank you for your background, by the way, really appreciate it. I'd love if you could dive more into detail and to pursue care, kind of give us, I guess, the, the why, how, and, and what of the company, um, if, if that's all right. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I mentioned that, that we're, you know, we kind of were born out of, or, or the concept came out of some prior work, and a lot of our management team uh, came with me to, to this new venture with Pursue Care. They came with me um, from Med Options, and, you know, really at the, at the heart of it, uh, I think, is a mission statement, like any good company, any good startup, and, you know, our mission just in very basic terms, was to try to lower or remove the barriers to access to evidence-based and high-quality healthcare for people with substance use disorder, um, and also people that experience uh, dual diagnosis, um, you know, psychiatric issues, and and to do that um, for the most the most vulnerable or or I guess underserved populations. It's kind of paramount to, you know, our initial launch. We wanted to do this in rural areas where 
really the, you know, this, this other pandemic that we have, which is the opioid crisis, uh, was most prevalent and most profound. Um, so, you know, when we were starting to, to kind of put together the concept of it, it was a, a kind of a peeling back the onion exercise because we were looking at, like I mentioned, in the nursing home space, we were seeing almost like this um, spillover of people with substance use disorder in nursing homes, places they shouldn't be, places you wouldn't equate um, for the type of care that they need. Um, you know, they were getting basic nursing care there. They weren't really getting anything for long-term success or, or long-term positive outcomes. And then I, as we started to look at, you know, some of the other factors, all of the breakpoints in healthcare, lack of access, high degree of stigma, uh, and then just your basic barriers like how do you spend four hours a day going, you know, going to the clinic? That's very hard. How do you hold down a job or, or take care of your children when you're doing that? You know, and, and the hours are between nine and four o'clock instead of, you know, maybe on your time in the evening after work. Um, and the, the supports aren't there when you need them. The supports aren't there on a tough Friday night, you know, at 11 o'clock at night. Um, so all those things kind of played into why we started it. Um, we got off the ground in 2019. Uh, we're venture back, so we were able to get some seed capital. Our co-founder uh, is Tom Menigan, uh, who is the CEO emeritus of the American Pharmacists Association. Uh, you know, his thought process um, was to bring pharmacy in as a driving factor in addiction treatment uh, because we're we're believers in. Uh, what evidence shows is the most effective form of treatment, which is MAT, uh, medication-assisted treatment. So at the core of the offering of Pursue Care, we have um, doctors that can prescribe medication-assisted treatment um, therapies like buprenorphine. Uh, we've got counselors and therapists for whole person care. We have psychiatric providers for comorbid dual diagnosis um, mental health issues. Uh, we tie everything together with care coordination. So we have uh, folks that kind of act as advocates and case managers in care, helping, quote unquote, the trains to run on time. And then we have our own pharmacy as well uh, that can ship medications directly to the patients. And we deliver all of our care through a smartphone app. Um, so patients can access their doctors. They can do live uh, telehealth. They can get other digital resources to help them in, in treatment uh, and really do all their treatment on their time at home. Um, so um, we've been at it now, you know, in earnest for about a year and a half. Obviously the pandemic really kind of threw gasoline on an already burning fire. Um, you know, so I guess a silver lining, if you wanna call anything a silver lining is that we've been able to help more people than, than we could have imagined uh, faster than you know, we had planned and we ended up uh, starting, we launched in 2019 in West Virginia and Kentucky. And now we're in uh, 10 states. We're about to be in 11 states. Um, so we've gone through this rapid expansion and growth uh, and um, really done a lot of great work. I think our best work is um, with the existing infrastructure in the community. So we work heavily with hospitals, health systems, uh, primary care, community health centers, any place that acts as a front door for people with substance use disorder, but maybe doesn't have 
the next transitional step for those people. That's where we come into play. We, we create um, collaborative partnerships with those organizations to help transition them into our care at home. And, and that's, um, that's being able to, uh, you know, really kind of create some really positive outcomes for our patients. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, um, interesting. You're, you're in a truly great space. Um, and, and because you have, there's, there are so many of those like front door, as you said, opportunities, right? That you're able to, to work with them and, and to help. Um, what are some of the things that you're really excited about for moving forward, I guess, this year? Yeah, well, so I think, you know, I've been, I've been doing a lot of um, seminars and webinars about what's coming next, you know, after the pandemic, whatever that means. Um, and, you know, I think that the biggest thing is obviously there's been broad deregulation in this space, you know, removing of a lot of the barriers. Uh, more has happened in the past year with that than in the past 20 years. And I've been doing telehealth projects on and off since 2004. Um, so I can confidently say, you know, that the world has really changed in that regard. I don't have to explain what telehealth is anymore. I don't have to sit here and tell you what does that mean, right? Um, so I, what I'm most excited about, honestly, is that I think that digital health is here to stay. And, and now it's about innovation and, and really improving the outcomes for patients um, just in terms of uh, what you can offer and, and the things... And it's not just things that are in the treatment room, so to speak, but it's kind of the, the elements of hybridized care where you can offer digital health solutions, devices, telehealth, remote patient monitoring in between your visits with a doctor. Um, that's incredibly powerful for everybody. It's great for the patient, for engagement and feeling like you're going somewhere, but it's also great for the healthcare providers that you know, are trying to advance better outcomes. Um, so I think that that really is, is probably the most exciting thing for me and, and being at the forefront of some of that innovation with what we're doing is, um, it's cool. And it's, it's fun to share that, um, not only with our patients, but with the broader healthcare community where they go, oh my gosh, this is, we want to be a part of this, you know, this is exciting. Um, so I think that that's, that's really the, the, the neatest thing that has happened really in the past year. Um, with all this. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. And, and I just want to let the audience know, you know, this is our first episode together, right? So the goal is to have you and other members of your team come back on. We kind of dive into some specific areas of the company, but today was really getting to know you, talking through the company, giving that, that background description and what you're really excited about. So I look forward to the additional episodes we put together uh, together. And uh, I, I want to thank you again so much for, for joining me on the podcast and look forward to those future episodes. Awesome. Thank you for having me on. And thanks for letting me share the, uh, the story a little bit. Hey, everyone. I wanted to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Block Health. Block Health is building the ecosystem of services and solutions to power the future of healthcare. Through their platform, healthcare professionals and organizations can enter, upload, and share core credentialing documents and information. Professionals and organizations then have the opportunity to use that information to order multiple services and solutions like credentialing, state license registration, certifications, payer enrollment, renewals, and more. 
On average, the Block Health platform saves users 40 to 60% on credentialing and licensing related costs. Organizations can use Block Health as an extension of their team or as their whole licensing and credentialing team. Today, Block Health works with some of the top healthcare organizations. To learn more about Block Health, please visit www.blockhealth.com. That's B L O C H E A L T H.com and follow them on their social channels at Block Health. Thanks for listening. Thank you to everyone that listened to this week's episode of the Slice of Healthcare podcast. If you'd like to check out more of our podcasts, we're available on all the major podcast channels. And you can check us out on our website, www.sliceofhealthcare.com. And that'll have all of our past guests on there. Uh, You can see our sponsors and you can learn more about actually becoming a guest. Thanks and look forward to another episode next week.